0: Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Pledge allegiance to the Lamb. This morning, I want to deal with something that all of us are probably um, challenged with. Um, We are challenged with the whole idea of um, doubting. Have you ever doubted? (laughs) Um, There is a danger in doubting. It's my desire that we begin to look at this my my desire is that by the time we, we finish, that you walk out of here and you drop the, your doubts in the trash can, and don't go back there and pick it up, okay? Okay? But we have the alarm on the door once you go out, okay? Don't drop your doubts in the trash can. Let's bow in prayer. Father, leading guide us now in our time together, may all that's said and done bring glory and honor to your holy name. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints said, amen. The analogy of doubt. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubt is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Now, James mentioned that, and, and the whole idea is that the, the Bible is totally against our doubting. Whenever we doubt, um, it becomes very dangerous, very dangerous. We'll point out what happens when you start doubting, some of the dynamics of doubting, how it eventually shut you down as an individual. Doubt, defining the term. In the life of the believer, it is being in a state of uncertainty after receiving the word of God. The act of deliberately using rational reasoning and refusing to the, the, refusing the, to factor in the absolutes of God's word. When God says something, don't say I believe it. That sells it. When God says it, that sells it. Are you there yet? And so, sooner or later, we need to get to the point where, if God says this, that sells it. it has nothing to do with whether you believe it or not. Because some of us are still immature in our belief, right? <laughs> so it does not mean uh, I believe like I, I mean something, okay? But when God says it, it settles it. When God says something, he puts his whole reputation on what he's saying. Never Never, we should say in ourselves, we should go to the mirror and say, I will never, I want to make it my business to never doubt the word of God. I'll never let circumstances cause me to doubt the absolutes of God's word. The moment that happened, you have chosen to lose. So we'll go some scriptures. Counting all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. <laughs> that sounds weird right there, right? Say hallelujah when you, uh, when you start running into problems. <laughs> oh, boy. For boy, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Nothing. And we'll be going over these verses, okay? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For well, that person must not suppose that he will receive anything. Did I say anything? Anything from the Lord? Now I'm not saying this is what God is saying. You're not going to receive anything, nothing, from the Lord if you doubt. Okay. <laughs> and he goes on to say, he is a double-minded man, unstable in what. They will praise the Lord. That's why I, I believe all men are double But No, when it says man there, it's not about the generic uh, man. We, we're talking about now. Double-minded man, woman, whatever, whatever the gender. Whoever doubts is a double-minded person. And guess what? It says it begins to permeate your whole life. You are double-minded in everything you do. And there's a reason why. When you doubt in the spiritual world, you're going to start doubting in the physical world because you don't have any spiritual foundation. You see, my hope is built on what? Then Jesus' blood and I dare not trust us, but wholly lean on, on Christ love, and on other grounds is, oh, see, you got it. You got it. you ready for the choir right now. See, the whole idea is this, is that that's, that's the thing that we stand on. Okay, so then as we go through this then, uh, thinking it through, have you formed a habit of doubting lately? Has it been beneficial in any way? Tell me how you have doubted and it really helped you, that you can write a book on doubting, that it really helped you in your life and you've you've been able to get some rest because you've been able to doubt. Doubt is a negative feeling. It start pulling out all of the negative factors in you. It start developing all of the negative. It, as a matter of fact, it's like a magnet. It start drawing all of the negative factors. doubt, begin to draw fears and everything else, unrealistic uh, uh, suppositions, everything else. It start bringing out in you. Uh, so doubt is the weed that grows with the, the weed, but it has no capacity for any positive influence in the believer's life. According to the word of God, it is forbidden and it carries a very serious response from the Lord. God is serious. Let the world doubt. But if you walk with a holy God that is true to his word and he saved you and given you a future and a hope, and you doubt my God who's able to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Just because he doesn't come on your time, uh, time frame, you're doubting. Doubt is a very toxic element in any relationship. It would do at least five things. Ready? Let you call off, keep your weight. Ready? Number one. When you doubt, it will shut down effective communication. When a person starts doubting, now you have to give an the excuse why you doubt and, and I think and all these other things. It's not shutting down effective communication. Number two? When there's doubt, then distrust begins to uh come in. You gotta be careful of that. Be very careful. Distrust begins to come in. Next. Support and unsupported. It, it's a breeder. It's a breeder of unreal, unsupported, and unproductive thoughts. Why do you think Scripture says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are what? True, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, any virtue, any praise. What are you supposed to do? You see, when you think on these things, it keeps you from doubting. Because that's, that's, that's your filtering system. It keeps all that mess out of your mind. See? Four. When you start doubting, you start developing unrealistic expectations. You start, you start see, when you, see, it's, it's a void where you're going to have to fill it with something. So some unrealistic expectation begin to set in at that point. Five, it will completely shut down creative ideas, plans, and productivity. It will completely shut down creative ideas, plans, and productivity. I have never seen a person who doubts all the dire time that is creative and productive. You know why? They doubt the future. <laughs> then they doubt what they have done. Matter of fact, they doubt why they're here. <laughs> so, so you're dealing with a person who's constantly doubting about everything. You know that you, you had a, a, a capacity of being a great musician? Yeah, I doubt it. As a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. You find a person who doubts, and all of a sudden, That doubt doubt begin to become a part of you. And God is saying, I never, I never intended that to happen for your life. Why did you let that happen in your life? Let us carefully consider what the word of God has to say about a doubter. Number one, we are expected to have a positive approach to the inevitable changes of life. Now, this is moving up to doubt, so we'll go over these verses, verses 1 through 4. If we're, if we're going from uh, really 4 to 8, but let's go. Let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, jump in there, and we'll, we'll start off really with, uh, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of uh, various uh, kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, uh, and let that fast, steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, number one, counted what all joy now this word "count all joy means consider life challenge to be an opportunity for you to learn and grow this is a moment of attitude adjustment and development and when it says counted all joy then the lord thank you for this time that i can adjust my attitude right now i've been going through so, so many different things i can adjust my attitude now so it's, it's a time for me to to, to grow and w- when you're in a crisis does not mean that you need to be shutting down and no need to you be becoming discouraged it, it, it's a time that, it's a time that counted all joy here's the opportunity now for me to grow whenever i'm hit with a situation the first thing i do is not be stressed out by the situation i first look at how i respond in the situation all right donald what are you thinking and what are you planning on doing at this point because you see you can't change. A lot of times, you can't change the situation. Uh, are, are you with me here? It's, so then, why are you stressed out about something you can't change? But there's always something in the situation that you can change. Guess what it is? Hey, students, what is it? Yourself. Okay? Repeat that to me. I can change myself. You are a decision away from changing the dynamics of a bad situation by how you think. Because, you see, we live in a world a bunch of craziness right now. Now, you know that, right? A bunch of craziness. Matter of fact, you almost feel like, say, hey, you know what? I don't need to go out. Because if I go outside, somebody's going to shoot me, you know? <laughs> I go outside. I, I doubt whether I'll get back home. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you, that's, that's the type of world we live in. But as believers, you say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Bring it on. That's all you got. <laughs> Count it all joy. It's that mindset. He didn't, he didn't want believers to be ducking behind rocks and, and crawling and going on and saying, Help Jesus. Why do you think he gave us the label, we are more than what? Conquerors. Conquerors are up front. They're swinging it. They're bringing it on. And here folks are looking for you because you're hiding somewhere. Come on now. (laughs) Number two, we need to know that there is always a positive God-honoring outcome, even if we are unable to see it. A lot of times we don't want because we want uh, an immediate God-honoring outcome. We like to see the you know we like to see the the, um, the the end of the story. What happens when you don't see the end of the story? Sometimes God will not permit us to see the end of the story because He wants us to be faithful in the story. Okay, <laughs> just be faithful in the story. He'll take care of the end of the story. Amen. Don't be so nosy. Just stay, stay, stay in the Okay, I'm just trying to help you here, okay? Okay, number two. We are to refer to our available resources, God. Verse five, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. It says, If you lack wisdom, if you don't know what to do don't go to a wikipedia don't go to who are you supposed to go to god okay now if you have not gone to god and you still mixed up whose problem is that okay so the first question i'm going to ask did you talk to the lord about it well you know i was getting around to it you oh you're just getting around to it that's your your answers getting around to it too see because the first thing you're supposed to do is ask god when you decide not to ask God, listen carefully. If we know, all of us have just heard me. If you lack, if I, repeat after me, if I lack wisdom, I supposed to ask God. All of us understand that, right? Now, if you understand that and you're in a situation where you don't have an answer and you don't ask God, then it's, It's not that you don't have to answer. Now we're talking about disobedience. Because the word says, ask God. But no, we're trying to still get the answer on our own intelligence. That's why you might have been there in the first place. Ask God. And it says, and God who gives generously to all without what? Reproach. It will be given to him. There are are exclusive benefits that believers receive from the Lord. One, he is approachable day and night. Isn't that great? Twenty-four <laughs> seven uh three sixty five, uh he's he's there, okay? He is willing and able. I thank I thank the Lord that though know, you come to the Lord with something and you said, Oh, I don't know if I can handle that. You know, um, I'll get back with you a little bit later. He's not the Lord that puts us on hold. See, when when the Lord says when if the Lord says Ask. In essence, he says, "I got it." Okay, he, he don't tell you to ask. Then you say, "Well, you know, I, I had to search for it. It's on back order." No, if you ask, he says, "I got it." And not only that, he says, not only this, he says, he will give uh, give more than we ask. Now, the next thing I found out is that he is also generous. If you ask the Lord for some popcorn, he's not gonna give you a kernel. <laughs> See? He's not gonna give you a taste. <laughs> okay. He says, ask God, and, and he always does exceeding what? Abundantly and above all that we want. Ask and get this, or think. When God answers us, He does get this now. You've been hearing this, you know the verse. He does exceeding abundantly and above all that we can even ask or think. Now take that into a, a, a health situation, take that into a, a work situation, take that into a relational situation, and then just simply do what? Ask God. Ask God. But don't ask and doubt at the same time. Four he will do this without a negative attitude or put down that's what scripture says he'll do it without embarrassing you when you ask him God is not gonna say you come here again you know I'm getting sick of you you know God is not sick of us coming oh by the way he knew you were going to come in the first place <laughs> no, I just want to help you out here <laughs> he knows our thoughts Just what a fall. He knew you were going to be in that situation. He knew what you were going to go through. He wants you to ask, but he says it won't happen until you ask. Blind, blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the roadside, begging and all these things. Then you, the, the Lord Jesus, I believe he would have walked right on past. But when Bartimaeus found out that Jesus was walking, uh, coming past, he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And people tell him, "Shut up, be still." And he said, uh uh, 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 that's Jesus, you know." He didn't. He didn't. He he, he he left out. He left out something. He just said Jesus. <laughs> and the Bible says, "And Jesus did what? Still still." And then, he, then he said, "Bring him to me." If if he if he didn't call out. Jesus would have walked on by, they have a song about walk on by <laughs> Jesus would have just walked right on, walk right on by, but because he asked, because he asked. a lot of times we suffer from things because we didn't ask God in the first place, and then have the nerve to get an attitude, <laughs> oh Lord, help us, okay number three we're almost there we are forbidden to doubt james says but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything 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 from the lord note there's a biblical reality check On the chosen life of a a doubter. Their expectation will never become a reality. Never. says they will not receive anything. If you're concerned about God being silent. If you're doubting. Then listen to the silence. Because God is not going to answer you. Not because he doesn't know your need. But you have just insulted him. You have doubted him. You have doubted him (sighs) in case I didn't put this in the notes. Let me just kind of throw this in. I thought it was very helpful this morning too, because when I heard it, I said, Oh, I said, this would be good to kind of share with you. And when I talk about faith, there's three types of faith. I'll, I'll listen to a person I've listened to over the years is Charles Stanley. And, um, and so uh, this morning, I was with a Charles Stanley, and he was talking about uh, the, the different types of faith. And, and, and the first thing he talked about was little faith. And, and, when you, and, 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 and the little faith that you have says, little faith, you, you need to stay f- focused because you tend to see to, to, to get off. And you have to be careful with little faith because you can get distracted, that little faith. And, and the Lord wants us, though, to have that little, just that little faith. Because even with that little faith, God can use, use it in a great way, okay? Uh, little faith. If you have just a little faith, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can i tell you what, one thing you do, you can uh, fight giants. But David's faith in God, you see, because of his faith in God, then when he went into the battle... You know, the little faith always uses God. Always use. See, when you have little faith, you make sure that you always use God's name. He just said, I'm going to do this. First thing he said is, God's going to do this, and God's going to do this, and God's going to do this. And then, guess what? And David just took out. Uh, David at that time just said, okay, no, now, now that I told you what I'm going to do, okay, now, now watch this. Watch this, watch, watch, watch this, you watch know? this. <laughs> and, and he ran toward the giant. A little bit. Then, then you have great faith. Great faith is the, is the area where you remember the um, uh, centurion. The, the, um, the centurion, when you talk about a, a great faith, the centurion is the individual that said, um, my, my servant is sick. All you had to do is speak the word. And Jesus, the first Jesus said, "I'll come." He said, "Oh, I'll, I'll come." He said, "No, no, 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 you don't have to come. Mm-mm, mm-mm, you don't have to come, Jesus. I might not be a Jew. I'm not maybe a Jew, anymore, but see, but I tell you what, I know about you. And I know one thing: all you have to do is speak, speak the word. It'll happen. So this said, Jesus, my my servant to get here. He didn't say my servant might be here. He said my servant will get here. And he said, because here's the reason. He says, I'm under, I'm under command. And I said, and I tell people to go here, and I tell people go here. And so I know that all you need to do as a person with position is just say the word. <laughs> so Jesus, with great faith, he said, just say the word. <laughs> See, do you, do you have a little faith, or do you have great faith? Great first faith said, Lord, uh, I, I know that all you have to do is speak the word. And I know that you will do this. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in my life because I have great faith. I don't need the doctors to stand around and kind of encourage me. Lord, I have great faith because I know the person, all he has to do is say it. And he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask and think. Thank you, Lord, for the great faith. But we're not there yet. Then we talk about not only little faith and then the great faith. There is, they they call it perfect faith. What type of faith? Perfect faith is when you pray to God and you know it's done already. Isn't that something? You, 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 just, you just pray and it's done. You don't look back. You don't see what is happening? You pray, it's done. You pray, it's done. But that's, that's why the, the Lord, see, some of us have the little faith, and some have great faith. You have good theology, but oh, when you get to perfect faith. Oh, when you get to perfect faith. But you see, it takes a relationship. And so do you see where doubt comes? When you doubt, it's a slap in the face to God. A slap in the face of God. He wants us to really trust him in this area. Amen. Well, I hope you catch them from there. I know I was blessed. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. He doesn't have little faith, he doesn't have great faith, he doesn't have perfect faith. He's in his own little world, going around in a circle like a hamster on a on a on a uh, a wheel, okay? Becoming a doubter is a choice that will become a way of life, affecting every experience and missing every blessing by refusing to turn to the only true source, God. If we walk away from here still doubting God, don't blame it on Satan. The only person that you can blame it on is yourself. So if you receive the results from that, understand, you brought it on, not God. You want results? Trust God. Okay. Excuse me. That's what God is saying. If you ask God, he'll give it to you, you know, uh, more than you can even ask. No, he'll give it to you. He'll do it without embarrassing you. If you want results, ask God. Don't doubt. If you're going to do it your own way, go ahead and doubt. and And then, as I tell the children, suffer in silence. Okay? Suffer in silence. Don't be screaming and going on this. Suffer in silence. Because you know better when you when you shouldn't doubt. Well, you don't know my situation. I know I don't know your situation. God does. He knew it the day that you were born you were gonna go through it. And there are others who are going through worse situations than yours. You better be glad you're in America with your good health. Peter turned a teachable moment into a a great disappointment as we wrap it up but when he saw the wind he was afraid and began to sink he cried out Lord save me now that's I mean he started off saying you know Lord if it be thou bid me to come out to you I mean wasn't that bold you know he he, I mean he was aggressive he was bold and everything and all of them I guess other disciples saying go Peter go Peter go Peter you know and he i mean and he and he stepped and he stepped out on the water no i got this i got this you know and he stepped out on water and he was walking toward the lord and then he says then he saw the wind and the waves and then he says he took his eyes off of jesus and the thing was he started going down how many times in our lives the reason that we're going down it's not because of what people are doing to you. You just don't have time for him anymore. And your situations are taking you down. He began to sink and cry out, oh, Save me! Let's read it together. Jesus immediately reached out of his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you die? To you see the two words he used, Little faith, and why did you doubt? Doubt is very toxic. Faith and doubt cannot exist at the same time. Okay, either you have faith or you're doubting, but the just shall live by you've been hearing it all the time. The just. She'll live by faith. It's not faith when you have everything you need. You got to have good health. See? That's favor from God. Don't get faith and favor uh, mixed up. God's family, doubt and faith cannot uh, coexist. Hebrews 10.6 says, let's read together. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Must believe that He is, and that He exists. Okay, I'm thinking King James. That's where my mind was going. One thing. Okay. The whole idea is that is that um, that would draw well, near to God. Must believe that He exists. No, no, That He rewards those who what seek Him, and, and the King James said diligently seek Him. But but understand this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you have to have faith. And I trust that you have that. Instead of walking out of here with doubt. <laughs> you walk out of here saying, Well, I doubt whether I'll be able to do that. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, one last thing because we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. This is a winnable battle. Please refuse to become a loser by choosing not to trust God with your whole heart. Believers become losers by choice. If God has declared us more than conquerors and we turn up losers, don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on Satan. Don't blame it on your circumstances. We made a choice. And we keep making choices over and over and over again. My prayer is, Lord, help us to choose well. Amen. Now, as we uh, close this morning, if God has been speaking to your heart, and you've been dealing with this thing about doubt, we'd like to pray for you. Uh, we would like to deal with that that doubt thing. Maybe you walked through the door this morning and uh and uh and it's it's just different levels. I understand that. I understand that. But until you admit where you are, see, God can't take you to the next level. You have to be first be honest. Uh yes, um I have a tendency to doubt. Um I doubt whether this is gonna happen, and I doubt whether this is gonna happen. See. And, and this doubt is showing that maybe you, your focus is on the wrong thing and the wrong purpose and the wrong, wrong person. And God is saying, I want you to understand one thing. When you trust me, I'll cast all your doubts. All of that will begin to disappear, and you'll walk by faith. There's some walk on by faith. Each day. You begin to walk on by faith each day. Each day. And the, what I want you to do is, is to walk in faith. Where we, t- we talk about that mature faith. That when you pray, it's done. When you pray, that's it. You go on to the next subject. Because you know that daddy has it. What trust? And that's why Isaiah says, And thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee let's bow and pray, father god we just thank you for this time together thank you that we begin to look at this word doubt and how it can become very uh debilitating and begin to shut a person down and cripple an individual they they can't go forward. They regret what has happened. They keep going in circles. And their greatest potential, Lord, begin to drain from them. And all the things that they could be, they are now in jeopardy of losing one of the greatest commodities that you have given the saints. A once and for all, you've given us time all of us don't have the same amount of time but every time we waste it it can never be recovered and we waste so much time with doubt and fear oh god it's my prayer this morning that we take a deep breath and make a resolution i choose To trust God with all my heart all my soul and all my mind and I know the same will attack me with thoughts they will come and go but I will focus on his faithfulness his love our relationship and that he never lies thank you Lord for what you're going to do thank you for the dear ones that standing Lord that you're going to do some great things with their lives Others are looking at their lives, Lord, that will be affected by their faith. May they see mature faith They will turn their hearts toward you. And if there be one that do not know Christ as their Savior, may this be the turning point in their lives that they admit that they're a sinner before an angry God who's going to punish sin and, and accept the fact that he, you, Lord, gave your son to die their sins and he did jesus christ and rose again and believed that he died for their sins and asked to be saved that this day will be the turning point in their lives thank you for what you're going to do in jesus name we pray and all the saints said amen